This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 6th, 2011. Prayer request, our protection. So he may have grabbed the chicken, but that wasn't what he was thankful for. He was thankful for car parts, amen? Uh, you know, uh, that's probably not our model for prayer. In fact, it's not. We are using a model, though, that Jesus gave his disciples the Lord's Prayer. Today's our final installment in prayer quest. As we look at the Lord's Prayer this morning, we're going to be covering um, our protection. So, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we do thank you for today, a day that you've made. And regardless of our circumstances or what we're dealing with today, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh God, we ask for you to open each one of us up to receive whatever it is that you have in store for us. We know that you know us intimately, and so there's a message specially designed from you by you. Lord, we pray that each one of us might leave a little bit differently than when we came in this morning. And so we give this time to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at Matthew, the sixth, uh, sixth chapter, verses 9 through 13. This is from the King James Version. Let's share it together. Our Father, Father which, which art, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine, For thine is the kingdom, kingdom and the power and the, the glory, glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let's share that last portion again, since that's our focus this morning. And, and lead, lead us, us not into temptation, temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so this is week five. Each week we have taken one line of this model of prayer and work through it. And today, our focus is on these last three lines. And specifically right now, I'd like to talk about temptation. Temptation. Isn't it interesting that we would ask God to not lead us into temptation? Wow. Now, we often think of temptation leading to sin. So God leading us to sin. Oh, we need, why would we need to ask God to not lead us into temptation? It would seem that leading us into temptation would be the last thing that God would want to do, regardless of our request. Yeah. Perhaps we need to look closer at this word temptation. It's it's a translation from the Greek word perasmos, And that word parasmos can be translated as temptation, but also can be translated as test or trial. So according to the Zondervan Concordance, exhaustive concordance, that's a book where if you know a word or a passage of scripture, you can look in there and it'll tell you the chapter and verse and gives you the Greek and and, uh, the Greek or the Hebrew or whatever trillion. I guess it's interesting if you like do what we do, you might not find it that interesting. But anyway, anyway. It points out in that particular thing, in a footnote, that the difference between a test and a temptation is in the tester's motivation and expectation. The devil 
the devil <coughs> tempts us hoping that we might uh, fail God's standard and then um, embrace sin and then become more sinful. God tests, tests us rather than tempts us in order to determine and sharpen our character, not with a focus on that we might fail, but on the focus that we hopefully would get closer to God as a result. Have you ever heard of tempered steel? Yeah, tempered steel. It's that steel that's been made stronger by heating it, by subjecting it to very, very high heat. It's been made tougher by putting it through the fire. That's called tempering. Another definition of tempering is to make something stronger or more resilient through hardship. Well, that's what God's testing is all about. You know, it could just as easily be called God's tempering. God's tempering. God tests us. God tempers us. And as that happens, we can get stronger and stronger and more resilient as a result of that tempering. Scripture is full of examples of God uh, testing of God tempering us. 22nd chapter of Genesis is an example, um, and it begins by telling us that God tested Abraham. You may be familiar with this story. God tells Abraham to take his son, Isaac, the one he's waited 25 years for, the one he, who he waited till he was 100, and he was 100 before God gave him this son. And I'm sure Isaac's not a baby because he's talking and he's walking, so I mean, he He's probably a teenager at this time, if not older. Anyway, God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son. I've always wondered about that story. They're going up the mountain, and, you know, Isaac's looking around going, Hey, Dad, uh, like, where's the sacrifice? And I don't know if he ever put two and two together or not, you know. And finally, Abraham says, Well, God will provide. And Isaac, I'm sure, going, I hope he doesn't provide me. But anyway, I wondered how many years of therapy, you know, Isaac had to, had to go through to kind of overcome that whole thing. But that's another story for another day. Anyway, last minute, I mean, I, I mean, Abraham's ready to take his son out. How would you like to have been put to that test? I wouldn't because I think I would have failed. But <clears throat> Abraham is, is trying to be faithful to God's call, to God's test. And at the last minute, God provides a ram who uh, Abraham then sacrifices and, and spares Isaac, Abraham's son. God put Abraham to the test, kind of checking his loyalty, kind of girding him up. And Abraham was faithful to the test. And, and we're told in Scripture after that that God blessed Abraham and, and blessed him with descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Mm. The entire nation of Israel was put to the test when God had them wandering in the desert for how many years? 40 years. Actually, they were tested right before that happened at the beginning of the desert journey when God told Moses to send 12 spies into the promised land to check it out. Only two were willing to do it, Caleb and Joshua. They passed that test. The rest of the spies were scared to death. They said, oh, we're like little grasshoppers. They were really fearful. And so that's why God may have had the Israelites wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Time enough to get them tightened up, focused, um, more faithful for what was to come. 
Um, when we read then later in the New Testament, we see where Jesus is baptized, and then immediately the Holy Spirit draws him into the desert to be tempted or tested by the devil, by the devil. Now, the Holy Spirit certainly wouldn't be leading Jesus in order to put him in a place to sin, because that wouldn't be Jesus' nature, but he's leading him to a testing place, a place where Jesus will be tempered in preparation for his three years of earthly ministry. It's a same idea as trial by fire. Even Jesus, his, his human side, is a trial by fire, being made stronger and more resilient through hardship. And so if tempering is a good thing, why would we be asking God in this prayer not to lead us into temptation? Well, if you've ever been tested, you know why. Because it's really hard. It's really tough. There's lots and lots of challenges. Have you been through trials? Have you been through tribulation? Absolutely. Now, it wasn't that pleasant, was it? No. But when we go through those trials, when we go through those tribulations, sometimes we get stronger because of them. Hopefully that is in case the fact that we do get stronger. But other times we might cave in. Other times we just might succumb to sin. Not only does the tempering fire usually hurt, but there's no guarantee that we'll survive when we're in that fire. You know, sooner or later, most, probably all of us, will face a a real test of faith that will will challenge us in our lives. Um, Something that will really push us to the limit of our faith in terms of our relationship with God, in terms of our, our faith, in terms of how much we can handle. Nearly always it involves loss. L-O-S-S, loss of one kind or another. It may be loss of a loved one. It may be loss of a job. It may be loss of a way of life. It may be loss of one's health. It may be loss of one's expectations of what was going to happen next. It might be loss of the retirement that we always dreamed of. It might be, you, you can fill the blank in there of what the loss is, but it nearly always involves loss of one kind or another. And, you know, when something like that happens, it pushes us to the limit, or it can. And and basically, we have a choice when that happens. And our choice boils down to this. Either we're going to get closer to God, or we're going to pull away from God. It's very rare that we just stay neutral, just like we were when we get pushed to the limit. We either, on the one hand, say, God... I got no place else to turn. You're all I've got. You're it. I'm embracing you more than I ever have. Or we say, you know, God, this isn't what I expected from you. You're you're not delivering the way I expected you to deliver in this case. And so I'm not going to trust you like I once did. I'm not going to be close to you like I'm going to pull away because you're not doing things the way I thought you should. We're going to either get closer or we're going to get farther away. It tests us these challenges and these trials in life. And these situations test us. And, and, and it's a tough test, and it's always a tough test. And the trouble is, the challenge for us is, ahead of time we might say, oh, I'd get closer to God. 
But we can't guarantee that, can we? Because we're never sure how we're going to react when we're pushed to those kind of limits. We know how we'd like to react, but when we're in it, we don't know how we're going to react. And many of you have been through these trials. Many of you are currently in these trials of one type or another, and it it's a tough test. It's really, really tough. And maybe you've drawn closer to God, or maybe you've had times when you've gone farther from God. Good news is that you're here. Yay. Praise God for that. Either way, we probably don't want to go through the trial again, do we? We do not want to go through the test again because it hurts. And so we pray, God, lead me not into temptation. God, please don't put me to the test. And then we have the but. Oftentimes we have the but in Scripture, don't we? But, and here we have one. But deliver us from evil. And some, some translations say deliver us from the evil one. Now even though God doesn't lead us into temptation so that we might sin, the truth is temptation is there, isn't it? Somebody shared with me at the break, he used to have a t-shirt that said, lead me not into temptation, I can take care of that myself. (laughs) Temptation is there. It's all around us, isn't it? It's all around us. We're tempted by those around us who are not close to God and would like us to follow their lead. They want company and they want the company to be us. Sometimes we are tempted by those who dislike us. Those who would like nothing better than to see us go down. And, and so they might tempt us to do things that would bring about our demise. On the other hand, sometimes, sometimes those who love us tempt us as well. Tempt us to maybe play it safe. Because if, if we did it God's way, it might affect that other person as well. Sometimes those who are closest to us encourage us to maybe enjoy the comforts of this world rather than the challenges that God offers. Sometimes those around us discourage us from risking that which God has in store for each one of us. More often than not, though, the challenge to us, the the temptation, isn't from without but it's from within. Let's face it. Each of us has a weakness, a soft spot, a vulnerable point, a flaw. I say, ah, in my case, it's many, (laughs) countless. And maybe you can appreciate that as well. And the thing is, we may recognize that vulnerable point. We may recognize that soft spot, that flaw. And yet, And yet, it's possible that we overlook it, we minimize it, we try to ignore it, pretend it's not there. And that actually, in many ways, makes it even worse, because when we pretend it's not there, then we're all the more vulnerable. The truth is, ignoring it doesn't change it, does it? It doesn't take it away. It doesn't make it disappear. And the thing is, the evil one, the devil, Satan, I don't care what you call this character, this this character is very real. It's not some... Um, out there in the sky, a concept of evil, this murky... This is a real 
being. And the being has one sole purpose, to steal, to kill, and destroy you and me. Steal our happiness, kill our joy, destroy our lives. Destroy our relationship with God. That is the sole purpose of Satan. Believe it. And, and, and Satan is quite real and quite personal and wants nothing better than to bring you and me down. And so the thing is, the evil one, the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever name you use, knows your weak spot, knows my weak spot, and, 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 and they, he knows them better than we do. He knows them better than we do. And, and, and as such, can attack us at those spots before we're even aware of it. Let me give you an example. Because um, I'm going back ancient history now. I'm going back to... Ancient. About 26 years, probably, give or take, 23 years. Anyway, um, we had this rental property. And if I've told you this, I'm sorry, but it's a good story. So you have to listen to it again. Uh, we had this rental property in Seaford. We're between renters, and I'm in there painting the living room. Carrie's not there, just me. I'm just painting along. I think I had radio on or something. And out of the blue, I start thinking about something, something that we had been at odds, something that had bothered me. Uh, something that had hit me in, uh, in, a, in, my, in my vulnerable point like 10 years before. You with like me now? Like before we were married. Yeah, but I think about. I've come to the conclusion we're thinking of two different things here. We are? Yeah, two different things here. Oh, but anyway. my gosh. Now we have to have another chat. So I'm going to stick with the one. Huh? What would you oh, say? Oh, we've got to talk about this yeah. when we I'm going to stick with the one I know because I'm telling the story. So anyway, okay. um, so I'm painting, and plus it's the one that came into my head. I'm painting. And I start thinking about this. And you ever, ever have a scab where you start picking it? And, and, and sooner or later, you, you got the thing bleed. You know, you pick it long enough. And this thing is I'm starting to pick. And after a while, I'm ready to put the roller down. I'm ready to go home. And, and we're just going to go at it and get this. Now, this thing had been settled, dead, 10 years before, you know, overdone ancient history. Do you ever have those things where you, like, pick something back up when it's, it's like, stupid? You don't have to agree so readily. But anyway, um, so, I, I'm, I mean, I'm ready to just go home, and we're just going to. And then I stopped, and I went, ah, oh, you son of a gun. I wasn't talking to me. I was talking to Satan. See, he found that, that vulnerable point I have. And, um, and he started picking at it. And I let this little tiny, that it, what, what, I shouldn't even been thinking about that. I mean, it's 10 years removed. And I let it get so out of proportion, I was ready but the good news is that one time <laughs> I didn't act on I, you know, I caught it. I said, you, you get, be gone, you know, get behind me, Satan. That's once. I, now, there's many other times where I don't, I'm not that sharp. But that one time, the one time I caught him, you know. I know. You came home. I had your three little girls and I had taken care of them so well that day that you just forgot. No, it was going on before I got oh, home. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that sounds good. Anyway. But, you know, but I'm not always, I don't always recognize it. Do I get an amen? How about you? We don't always recognize it <clears throat> in that timely of fashion. And then we let it get out of, con- and who won? Satan won, right? Now, be careful, though. Don't give Satan too much credit. You know, in my case, just because I act like a knucklehead, I can't always blame it on Satan. Some days I'm just a knucklehead. <laughs> Thank you. I figure we're brothers and knucklehead dumb there. So, um, um, you know, I, I can't all, we, we sometimes give Satan way too much credit for our own 
knuckleheadedness. But on the other hand, be on the lookout, be on the awareness, because Satan is always on the awareness. He's always on the lookout. We always say Satan, he. Well, we can say she, too. Satan, she's always on the lookout trying to find your soft spot, my soft spot, and get in there, especially when we're unaware. Well, what might be even worse than Satan being very aware of our soft spot is if Satan, when Satan, is very aware of our strong spot. Our strong spot. This is why I say this. You know, there are those areas in our lives when we think, We have it under control. I've got it together. This is about me. I can handle it. I don't need you. And we go on and on and on and we get pretty confident and oftentimes very cocky. We've got it all together. And, you know, when we have that spirit of arrogance instead of a spirit of humility, boy, Satan can move right on in in that. Remember the Titanic? <laughs> Unsinkable. <Yeah>. Unsinkable. <laughs> Satan loves it when we are overconfident because that's when Satan really begins to lurk. That's an area where Satan begins to lurk in our lives and um, takes an opportunity to have us sin. So, what can we do? Well, We can constantly be on the lookout, right? We can be aware. We can constantly be looking. We can constantly try to be aware of our weaknesses as well as our strengths and and, and be ready for. But but let me tell you, that's where that confidence and cockiness comes in. On our own, we're we're not a match for Satan. If you try to go up against Satan in your strength, chances are very good you're going to lose. We're not that strong on our own. And see, that's the problem. We think, I'm strong. No, you're not. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how iron-willed you are. Satan is slicker than anyone here. Yeah. And so what we always got to do, not just being aware and on the lookout of our own selves, is constantly seek God's help. Constantly seek God's help, always and everywhere. I'm going to give you today Ephesians 6. I think we've talked about that before. The, the full armor of God. It talks about putting on, you know, the, the, the different pieces of armor and relates them well, to Scripture, to, you know, to God's Word, to prayer, to this and that and the other. Read through Ephesians 6, not just today, but make that an important part of, of, of your being because that's important to be constantly tuned into God and seeking God's help and God's strength in terms of combating the evil one. We constantly ask God to deliver us from evil evil, both the evil we see and the evil we don't see, the evil we're aware of and the evil we're unaware of, the evil that is conspicuous and the evil that is concealed. And why do we turn to God? Well, that is the next part of the scripture, the last part of the prayer that we we have here. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen means so be it. Thine is the kingdom. It is God's kingdom that we are striving for. It is God's power in and through us that will protect us, that will help us walk out every step of the way. It's God's glory that we're talking about. 
When? Forever and ever and ever. We just sang glory to God forever. It's not just, you know, we don't just sing the words, you know, take them in when we praise the Lord and really think about what we're singing and what we're saying. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm. We don't have the power to deliver ourselves from evil, but God and God alone does. God has the power to deliver us from evil, this evil that we talk about today. It's kingdom power. It's power exhibited in the scripture when we talk about God's glory. It's power that we can't even, with these little pea-sized brains, even begin to imagine the kind of power that God has. We see glimpses of it. We can't even start to imagine the full power that God has. And yet, God allows us to... God shares that power with us. Can you believe that? The God of the universe, the God of the cosmos, the God that blew breath of life into you and me, shares that that infinite power with us. God allows us to tap into God's power through God's Holy Spirit. Isn't that mind-boggling? Doesn't that just like blow you away that God would allow us to tap into power that we can't even imagine? It's the power that you and I can and must tap into. We must tap into it if we are going to be delivered from the evil one. And so that brings us to the end of this prayer. Now we've been using the King Version, uh, the King James Version um, of the Bible for this prayer. There are more modern versions that don't include words like art and thy and thine. And, and yet, more often than not, we use those words when we pray this prayer. But there are some minor changes that have been adapted into this prayer. Rather than in, let me look at this, rather than in earth, it's more natural for us to say on earth. And also, um, the very first week, we, we tend to say, Our Father, who art in heaven? The King James Version has, which art in heaven? And like we said last week, different denominations use different words for the sin portion of the prayer, the forgiveness portion. I grew up in the Presbyterian church. So I, as a Presbyterian, I had to ask forgiveness for debts. <laughs> when I became a Methodist, all of a sudden I had to ask forgiveness for trespasses. You've got to be careful which church you're in so you know, you know it might be helpful. Know, which one do they use here? Or you can just, just take a, a split millisecond and see here if you see a, hear a D or a T. That's kind of tricky uh, when you get to that portion. And here, if we use the, when we use the Lord's Prayer, we would use trespasses. We're a Methodist congregation. The bottom line is we're talking about sin, right? We're talking about the stuff we need forgiveness, whether it's debt, whether it's trespass, whether it's sin. It means the same, even though it's a different word. But here we would use trespasses. And so with these minor adjustments that we've just talked about, the form of the prayer that we most often say is on the screen. And we would like to now together share that prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've got a minute. Let's share the prayer again. We kind of went through it kind of by rote this. Let's slow it down a little bit and just give some little thought to each line as we've kind of talked about these last few weeks, okay? Let's start at the beginning there. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's just give a little thought to that for just a second. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.